Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's the Osmo NFL DFS Strategy Show Week Nine Final Look. We got some different sounds this week. We've got we've got audio. We've got music playing. Nolan isn't here anymore. We've got Jordan behind the stick. So it's it's a whole new operation. There's a waiting room in Zoom. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Of course, as usual, Greg Ehrenberg here, joined by Jeff Ulrich. And Jeff, we've got a ton of injury news this week to the point where we're talking about Zeke being questionable before the show. We're like, does it even matter this week? It's like that's that's where we've gotten with the Cowboys. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, if you'd asked me Zeke's uh, price before the show, Greg, like I literally would not have, I, I would have not been able to tell you, man, um, without looking it up. So that's pretty much how little we care about the Cowboys right now, for good reason, man. I mean, they're going up against the, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kind of obviously, uh, they're able to shut down Lamar Jackson and, and the uh, the Ravens offense. Uh, I don't give the Cowboys too much uh, too much hope this week. So. I totally get that. Today's show is sponsored by Yahoo. And guys, don't forget to subscribe to the channel, like the video, and subscribe to the podcast network. Maybe you like listening to us, but you don't like looking at Jeff and I's face. It's totally understandable. We've got a solution to that. You subscribe to the Awesome Podcast Network, and that goes away. You can listen to us. Don't have to look at us. But if you do want to look at us, that's where you subscribe to the YouTube channel. All right, so let's start with the quarterbacks this week. And kind of interesting to see that people are on Josh Allen this week. He's kind of had odd ownership this year to the point where it's he's either one of the most chalky quarterbacks or least owned quarterbacks. It seems like just about every week. Uh, I understand why people want to get a piece of the Buffalo Seattle game. You can see the total this week is at 55 points, the highest of the week. You could see all those lines. If you go to odd shop on awesome.com and there's really not a game that has too, there aren't too many games with really high totals outside of this one. So Josh Allen, a little bit of an up and down year, uh, but 7,000 on DraftKings, definitely a reasonable price, somewhat favorable game script. What do you make of Allen this week? Do you think that there's more bust than what the ownership uh, shows? I think there is actually a little bit of uh, a little bit of a bust potential with Josh Allen. It's not that I don't like Josh Allen. Um, It's the, like, obviously you got to like the situation, um, you know, obviously going up against the, the Seahawks that, you know, teams are throwing like so much against them. I mean, it's like 47 pass attempts per game uh, that Seattle's allowing at the same time. And, and here's my case for a little bit worrisome. And, and I, there is like a, a quarterback there that I like better. It's a little bit cheaper. And, you know, the last time the Seahawks went on the road against an AFC East opponent, um, you know, it was probably their worst fantasy game of the year, like just for fantasy potential it was against the Dolphins. 
And again, I just kind of see this as, as similar. They're traveling all the way out east. Seattle, when they go out east, uh, I have well, I seriously, I've probably watched every Seahawks game for the past <laughs> like five years. They just seem to play a little slower. Like they just seem to try and make the game a little uglier. And I know it's a new Russell Wilson. I, I absolutely agree. I don't think they're going to switch the game a whole as a whole or something. And Russell Wilson is going to throw like 20 times. But, you know, if Chris Carson is active for this game, and maybe even if he's not, I, I just think that it, it might be a little bit slower paced than people think. So that's my only argument for Josh Allen. And uh, the other argument is, you know, Jamal Adams being back definitely doesn't help, uh, you know, his potential, just either as a runner or really as a passer. Um, so it's it's one of those spots. You don't want to talk it down too much. I mean, it's still Josh Allen against the Seahawks. But, um, you know, when he's becoming now the chalkiest QB, there are, like I said, other quarterbacks I like equally or just slightly better than him, and it's probably going to make it uh, a slight fade for me. Yeah, so I think here's where I'm leaning with Josh Allen. As of now, I'm going to have my player pool. I'm going to have exposure to him. I'm going to make stacks of that game. I'm probably just going to be a little lighter on him than the field. Yeah. I don't really think that's too hot of a take. Uh, I've said this a lot when I talk about quarterbacks. This year, I usually go spread at the position. I have a, you know, a handful of guys in good game situations or favorable prices that I want to roster. And it just happens to be when there's a guy who ends up being 13, 14% owned or something like that. More often than not, I'm underweight to the field on them. Uh, so I'll have exposure to Josh Allen, just probably not as much as the field has. Uh, a couple other quarterbacks are coming in pretty popular. Deshaun Watson, Justin Herbert. It uh, looks like people are finally starting to get on Herbert. You were a little ahead of the game on Justin Herbert. You were you were rostering when he was 4 or 5% owned. And now the, the whole field is there. Now, now that everybody's there with you, do you still like it as much? Very favorable matchup against the Raiders. Yeah, th- I mean that's the QB I was I was kind of referring to. I mean with Josh Allen, I think I think that's a like again, I say fade as in like underweight the field. I don't mean necessarily like, like I'm not playing this guy. Like I said, it's still a variable favorable situation, but I- I'll take Herbert over Josh Allen this week. I think I've pretty much come to that conclusion. I don't know if anything's gonna happen necessarily to change my mind in the next 24 hours there. Um you got a, a Vegas team, no pass rush. Um, you know, you've got Mike Williams coming in with like just a massive height and weight advantage over the the, the Vegas corners. Um, you saw their connection kind of get going here. I, I think this is a game where you just look at who Justin Herbert's been going up against and, and he's still been getting it done. I mean, this just screams to me, um, you know, and, and Keenan Allen has a fantastic matchup too. So I, I think that Justin Herbert is, is sneakily in a better situation than, than Josh Allen uh, this week. And I, quite frankly, I think Justin Herbert right now is a better player than Josh Allen. Doesn't necessarily mean they don't both have fantasy potential because Josh Allen has a ton of it, but um you know, Herbert's rushed for over 80 yards uh, last two games combined as well. Um, and Vegas can move the ball. Like, Vegas is going to make keep this game close, right? Like, the Chargers traded away a piece. Uh, one of the reasons why I, I really like this game is I just don't see this not shooting out. I just think there's way less chance this game doesn't shoot out than that Seattle-Buffalo uh, game. So maybe not way less, but but a, a big chance less. You know, the Chargers not going to be without Joe, Joey Bosa now. Um I just like this this scenario for Justin Herbert. I like it for Derek Carr, too, quite frankly. But uh, I'm going to take Herbert over Carr. So massive breaking news here. The Cowboys have opted to start Garrett Gilbert at quarterback this week. So so th- there's something with the fantasy implications of, uh, yeah, probably, probably play the Steelers defense this week. Um, I, I will oh, talk yeah. about it later when we get to the pricing. I was, I was kind of curious what was going to happen with the, with the Cowboys quarterback situation. Yeah. Uh, Cause obviously we knew Andy Dalton wasn't going to be out, which by the way, terrible run of luck for Andy Dalton gets that ridiculous concussion where he just gets just absolutely flattened on the field. And, and then he tests positive for COVID right when he passes the concussion protocol. So nothing going right for Andy Dalton or the Cowboys as a whole, but there we go. We have the Cowboys starting quarterback, Garrett Gilbert, that has uh, very minimal fantasy implications 
for me. Um, yeah, you know there there are a lot of a, a lot of quarterbacks on this high end here that have upside. We talked about Russell Wilson, then we've got Kyler Murray here, Patrick Mahomes. These are guys are both garnering some ownership, but not a ton, which right. I understand. I think I think it's very much a, a price issue. You know, they're two most expensive quarterbacks on the slate. There are some cheaper guys that also have upside that are in favorable situations. There's not necessarily no ownership on Kyler Murray or Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but I mean, Mahomes going up against the Panthers. We've got Kyler Murray against the Dolphins. Considering those matchups and the upside of these guys, do you have trust in them or do you think it's better to just save a little bit of money at the QB position? So if I'm going to take a shot with one of them, it's probably going to be stacking Mahomes again. Uh, it just feels like one of those situations where, again, you mentioned ownership. And, uh, you know, I, again, for people who are wondering, I mean, the, the Osmo, um, you know, ownership projections does have Mahomes uh, sitting around 7%. So we'll drop that for you guys. But definitely check out the site. Again, it's a really good tool to have the ownership projections from Osmo. Uh, really good tool that I use every weekend. Um, I, I think I would rather take a shot there. I, again, Kyler Murray, I've talked about his rushing floor is so sick. It's just, it, it's, it's week to week, like makes him a viable play regardless. But I think this is, this is a game where, Again, Miami is just, you don't know what they're going to bring on offense. And I really think it's going to be a Chase Edmonds week. I mean, we'll get to him when we get to running backs. But um, I just think with the way that game sets up with Miami, possibly not being able to do that much on offense um, and maybe get, getting some, having some tr- issues from the Arizona defense. I'm just not sure how much Calgary is going to have to do. I think Mahomes, I mean, they don't, like the rush game hasn't been that good. So, and their defense, I don't think is in as good a spot against Carolina. So to me, it feels like more of a spot where Mahomes might just throw five touchdowns again, just to salt the game away. Um, that's just my initial take. I, I honestly don't love either of these spots for these guys because, like you said, Greg, they're expensive, right? Um, you know, we have to think about price. So it, you really do need, like, uh, I mean, another probably going to need five touchdowns from Mahomes at this price, right? You're probably going to need Kyler Murray to get 30 points. I don't necessarily love these game scripts for each of them to do that, but they do have the potential against anyone to do it. So if I'm going to take a shot with one of them, it'll be Mahomes. But this is really a week where I'm not super bullish on it. I know we talked about Mahomes against the Jets last week, but I like going down to Herbert. I like even going down to uh, cheaper QBs this week. I think this is a week where you kind of look uh, elsewhere out of the, the really expensive QBs. So here's a QB, not necessarily cheap. However, Lamar Jackson, 6,900, tough matchup against the Colts. Nobody's playing him. I'm uh, I'm probably going to make a few naked Lamar Jackson lineups this week. Yeah. Um, I, I know that I've said that a few times this year where there's been times when Lamar Jackson doesn't pick up any ownership and I kind of think he's worth rostering. I don't It's It's just when he goes totally overlooked, there's always that potential that he rushes for a hundred yards, a touchdown or two. And like I said, you don't have to stack with anybody. So it's not a thing we have to figure like, Oh, like Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, who, who's he going to throw the ball to? Maybe nobody might not matter. I like the rushing upside for him at 6,900. And, and just because nobody's playing, I mean, we're looking at 1% to less ownership on DraftKings and Fandle. Considering that, do you think it's totally crazy to play Lamar Jackson this week? I mean, it's never crazy to play Lamar Jackson. It really isn't. And it is kind of weird for me to be sitting here talking about Justin Herbert. Like, I mean, I, look, I, I thought, I've, I've always thought Justin Herbert was going to be pretty good, uh, a good prospect, but it's pretty weird week nine to sitting here me recommending Justin Herbert over Lamar Jackson like that. It feels strange, right? I mean, um, but you know, this indie defense is legit. I mean, we, we saw Lamar struggle a little bit against Pittsburgh last week. I think it's going to be a very similar game. Um, I, I, I'm very tempted to get a piece of Lamar Jackson. Look, I always leave like one GPP lineup um, available for 
just like late building and, and, th- and this, this, I might leave Lamar Jackson here. I'm not going to, uh, so, I mean, I am going to talk him down a little bit, but I might still use him too, just because of the ownership. It's so low. Um, but you know, if you're asking me to rank those QBs, I mean, like I'm putting Herbert in front of them this week. Um, I'm committed to that. Uh, I, I really do like the spot for, for him. And, and I really think that this is just, I just think this is the new reality for Lamar Jackson, man. Like, yeah, he's still going to run and, and he's still going to be, he's still good. And, and the Ravens are still okay, but it's just not, it's just not the conditions that we had last year for him. Um, and, and I feel like it's going to continue. Maybe uh, this is a week where it just all comes together, but I really feel like, uh, especially against tougher defenses like Lamar Jackson, you, you got to dial down the projections. It's not, it's not like 35 points every week. So um, I'm okay fading it, but I definitely like at these ownership projections, if you're making multi entries, I think getting overweight on him is, is, is perfectly fine. I mean, you don't have to be triple the field, but like getting double overweight in the field, what is he projecting, Greg? Like two, 3%, like uh, less than that one. So I mean, 1%. So if you were to make a hundred lineups and you play two, Hey, you're double the field yeah. on Lamar Jackson. So I mean, it's not, it's not something that's difficult to do. No, exactly. So that's kind of my take on Lamar um, for single entries, triple entries. You know, I might throw him in one, but I probably not going to. Yeah, I agree. It's, he, he's not somebody to play in single entry, although I, I did play him last week in single entry on FanDuel, and he was okay. He he wasn't yep. wasn't good, wasn't bad. Definitely got bailed out by a, a, a late touchdown to Marquise Brown that he threw. Um, how about these other cheap quarterbacks? We we got a yeah. We, we've got Gar- Gardner Minshew's out, so I think that Jake Luton at forty nine hundred on DraftKings that's a little bit interesting. I uh, know we've got other guys, Drew Locke playing against Atlanta. He's really cheap at fifty two hundred. None of these guys are all that popular, all of them in between 1% to 5% ownership. Uh, there's a couple other guys in that range. Uh, Daniel Jones going up against Washington. Do any of these guys stand out to you? Yeah, I, I mean, I mentioned cheap quarterbacks uh, this week, and, and I really do feel like, you know, th- those are probably the two names that I'm looking at. I mean, um, I, I would even throw my boy Nick Foles in the mix uh, with Allen Robinson potentially against Tennessee. Tennessee's <laughs> uh, allowing a ton of pass attempts. I think they're second behind um, – Seattle in terms of how many uh, you know pass attempts per game they allow to poison QBs it's like 39 they have a terrible secondary with Allen Robinson um, like just don't be shocked I mean I'm, I'm not saying Nick Foles breaks the slate but don't be shocked if Allen Robinson goes for like 30 points uh, here and, and Nick Foles at 5,500 pays off with uh, with like a multi-touchdown game too um, I'm, I'm, I, I want to get behind Drew Locke like, I just don't really think he's that good and I know the matchup is so good, and, and I do kind of like stacking the Broncos. Like Tim Patrick, uh, I, I really wanted Tim Patrick to go. I'm pretty sure he's going to play. It looks like uh, all signs are go. He's a big dude. Um, you got terrible corners there in Atlanta. I like I like a, a Drew Locke, uh, Tim Patrick stack this week for sure. It's really cheap. He can build around it. But I just I wonder if the upside is really going to be there. Like I just see Drew Locke, even against Atlanta, throwing for like 250 and two touchdowns. And I just don't know if that's going to be enough. So um I'm, I'm lukewarm on drew lock i like i said i almost like the fools Allen robinson idea more i i am interested in this jake luton dude a, a little bit i have to admit i mean um i know some people in the chat right now are talking about like five touchdowns i, I assume they're joking but um it's this, he's a pretty decent um prospect like he's like six six um 28 touchdowns three interceptions at oregon state and like it's it's not out of the, the realm of possibility here that he just chucks a couple deep balls to DJ Chark or something and ends up with like three touchdowns and like or two, a couple touchdowns and like 300 yards. I mean, it's not like Houston is a good team. So I'm almost more interested in like that DJ Chark Luton stack than I am in Drew Locke. Um, just because I don't, I just like Drew Locke we've seen and I just don't think Drew Locke is like a 300 
multi-touchdown guy, really, at this point. Um, I don't know if he's ever going to be on a consistent basis. So, yeah, I think Luton at least has some potential. Um, like I said, DJ Shark can be like nothing, Owens. So, I don't know. What's your, you got to take on it? Because I, I, that's pretty much my take. I, I think it's interesting. I think all three of those quarterbacks I threw out are, have potential. But, no, I'm not really siding with one, like, specifically over the other. All right, so there's only a handful of games this week that have a uh, total over 50 points. And one of them is the Texans-Jaguars game. Now, I-, I get that the Texans are pretty big favorites, so it's not like we're looking at this as some game where it's going to be, you know, like 27-24. Uh, it looks like the the expectation is that Houston's going to win by, you know, seven or more points in this game. But with that said, like, what are the Jaguars going to do on offense to even get to 21 points or something like that? Like, they're going to have to throw the ball at some point. You look at the price point on Luton. He's more interesting to me on DraftKings and FanDuel. I wouldn't, I wouldn't really consider him on FanDuel. Right. But on DraftKings, where, where he's all the way down at 4,900, it opens up so many salary possibilities. And here's something else to consider also with the value of quarterback this week. We have a situation where running backs matter again. Yep. Christian McCaffrey's back. Dalvin Cook's back. There's guys to pay up for. So this is where now I'm, I'm, I'm a little more willing to go to some of these really cheap plays at quarterback, because if you look at what we have, the situations we had, you know, earlier in the year, it was backup running backs all day where we just had all these guys who were out. And then it was like, well, Mike Davis is playing the Christian McCaffrey role at 6,400 or whatever. Now we actually have Christian McCaffrey back. And I mean, we'll touch on him in a second, much cheaper than Christian McCaffrey usually is, but we still kind of need to save some salary to get to those types of guys. Uh, And I think this is a reasonable way to do it. The other thing too, is if we do think that the Texans win this game by, you know, a touchdown, 10 points or something like that, the game script sets up for the Jaguars to be throwing the ball in the fourth quarter. And who knows, we've never seen this guy before. It could be total crap. He could be kind of decent. And if he's kind of decent facing prevent defense in the second half, then I think there's a pretty good chance for him to put up an okay fantasy game at his price point. We don't need 300 yards or three touchdowns or anything like that, but he's, okay score say 17 18 DraftKings points then I think there's a pretty good chance that he ends up being one of the better value quarterback though because of the because of the guys to spend up on at running back which we'll touch on in a second that's where I think he makes sense absolutely it's a good point I mean it all connects right I mean um, that's that's kind of why you go into this week I mean I'm looking at uh, I, I don't necessarily want to pay all the way up to the top it just feels like this has to be this this really has to be a week where you get you know, either Dalvin Cook or Christian McCaffrey probably going to make or break some lineups. So, yeah, makes like makes a ton of sense. All right, today's show is sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports, the most trusted name in fantasy sports. Yahoo DFS now includes CSV upload and CSV edit features. For those looking to play multiple lineups, make better choices. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy. All right, so running back position is really interesting this week because Dalvin Cook has gone from being somebody who nobody rostered last week to everybody want to ro- wants to roster Dalvin Cook this week, which makes sense. He absolutely obliterated the slate uh, last week. Nearly 200 total yards, four touchdowns scored. So we've gone to a point where Dalvin Cook coming off an injury was, I don't know, what was he, like 4% owned or something like that last week. And now he's now he's pushing for 35% ownership. So everybody wants to jump on Dalvin Cook. I get it. Um, I, I, I think he's a fine play. I definitely think you have to play Dalvin Cook in cash games. I'll have exposure to him in tournaments. However, somebody who I just mentioned, Christian McCaffrey, who is like $1,500 cheaper on DraftKings than we're used to him seeing, he's coming off an injury, but there's there's no real indication that he's going to be limited at all. And to me, he is Dalvin Cook of last week. We have Christian McCaffrey, a top-end fantasy player who is coming back from injury, so people just be like, hey, I don't want to rush this guy's first game back. 
So I, I think that if you just look at the, the difference in ownership between Kish, Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook, right around the same price range, but 35% for Cook versus 3% for McCaffrey, I think that Christian McCaffrey is the best GPV play on the slate. What say you, Jeff? Yeah, man. <laughs> like, we haven't got to the matchup here, right? Um, like, we could be getting, like, 15 dump-off passes to Christian McCaffrey this week. Easily. Easily. They're playing the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs are not good. They, like, they don't really guard against the – the running back position as it is. And then they're probably going to be way out in front in this game. Um, like Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, he doesn't have a, a huge, he doesn't really like to throw down field, quite frankly. He's probably not going to have time because he's going up against a pretty good pass rush as well. Um, dude, like, I know it's it's coming off injury. I know Mike Davis is there. I think Matt Rule said, oh, yeah, we're going to still give like Samuels and Davis touches. Screw that. Christian McCaffrey is going to play 80% of the snaps. I virtually guarantee it. Um, he's going to get a massive workload. It's going to be a very similar situation to what you saw with, uh, you know, like Aaron Jones this week is probably a great example. Oh, yeah, you know, we're just going to give Aaron Jones a few touches, see how it goes. And then he's out there in the fourth quarter, salting the game away. Um, there's no way. Like the, the, the Carolina Panthers don't have a choice here. They're going up against the best team in the NFL. Um, they have to play their best players. So um, I think this is... Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said, basically. It's just what I'm trying to get to. I like Dalvin Cook, too. You're right. Cash game must. Um, but, like, Christian McCaffrey, like, what? What, a quarter of the ownership? I'll get exposure to that. Like, I'll let Dalvin Cook kill me in that situation. Happily go to that. Uh, I, I agree. Christian McCaffrey, um, like I said, I just the projections for targets here could be surreal as, as far as, like, late game targets. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all over this. By the way, it's not a quarter of the ownership. It is a tenth of the ownership. Yeah. So I, I'm when, just, when you're, I'm when just, you're, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be like realistic because I feel like yeah. the field will get onto this and it'll probably end up being like a fifth or a quarter of the ownership. But right now, Greg is right. Like it's, he's literally projected to be a tenth of the tenth owned of Dalvin Cook. So, yeah. So the other way to view this too is it's not necessarily who's going to score more fantasy points in a GPP between Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey, which by the way, I think is debatable anyway, if Christian McCaffrey plays a full workload, it's more like what's the probabilistic outcomes here. So with Christian McCaffrey being potentially a 10th, the ownership of Dalvin Cook, you have to say to yourself, if we play this slate out 10 times, does Dalvin Cook really outscore Christian McCaffrey by a ratio of 10 to one? And the answer is probably not. Uh, even if we think that Christian McCaffrey is going to be limited a little bit, it's probably like six to four or something like that, that Dalvin Cook ends up scoring more fantasy points. So you just look at it from that lens. And I don't want to talk anybody off Dalvin Cook. He's a great play. It's just that Christian McCaffrey is going just ridiculously overlooked in this spot. Yeah, so, yeah, go ahead. I don't want to, again, I'm not trying to throw cold water on Dalvin Cook. It's a great matchup he's got there. But if Stafford doesn't play and they get out to an early lead, like – I don't think Minnesota is just going to give Dalvin Cook 30 touches in that scenario. I mean, they will bring Alex Madison back for the second half. I know he didn't do anything last week, but that's against Green Bay. Different situation if you're going up against, you know, a Detroit backup and, and they're up big and, and they're just trying to sell the game away. So uh, I like the game script more from Gafford for sure. All right, so let's touch on some of these injuries. Now we've got Josh Jacobs is questionable. Uh, it looks like Kenyon Drake is probably not going to play. He hasn't been able to practice all week, so it seems like it's going to be Chase Edmonds' game. Edmonds kind of already priced up for the game. Uh, then we've also got Ezekiel Elliott, who's questionable to play. Uh, it looks like Matt Breed is going to be out. So, And, and then that's also in addition to, to Miles Gaskin, who's also out with an MCL injury. He's out for, I think, three to four weeks. So we've got all these potential backup running backs coming in. If there's one ideal backup running back, let's let's just assume all these guys are out for now. 
Okay. Which backup running back is the guy that you would want to play? Uh, it's Chase Edmonds, 100% okay. in the spot. Like, not even – like, I, I Chase Edmonds is my favorite play of the week here. Um, Miami is, is – I know it's solid, and they're, they're coming off uh, a bit of a good game, and I, I think that's going to scare some people away. They're not good against the run, um, not even close. Like, uh, th- this is a team you can run on for sure. Um, you know, they're kind of basically bottom 10 in most uh, run defense metrics, yards per carry, DBOA. Uh, and, and now they're coming on the road, like going out West. And, and again, you know, they, they beat the Rams. I really liked Miami last week and like, I, they were my favorite bet of the week. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, but um, you know, this is a different scenario. Now they have an NFC West team and they have to travel West and it's, it's the Cardinals coming off a bye, like a team that really runs the ball. Well, um, I think this is uh, I think this is a bad spot for Tua. I think it's just a bad spot for Miami and um Chase Edmonds, look, I'm not, I, when I, when I first went to look at the running back possession uh, projections for ownership, I was like, it'll be Dalvin Cook and Chase Edmonds, like the, the top two. I don't know why people don't want to play Edmonds here. He's looked like the better quarterback. He's the guy getting like five, six targets a game in this offense. And now he's getting all the snaps. Like he should get eight targets in this game. He should be on the field for 80% of the snaps. And we have some precedent with him where he was in the spot last year and he put up a three touchdown game against like another week defense. So I love the spot for Chase Edmonds, man. Absolutely love it. Um, he, like I said, he's my favorite play of the slate probably. So here's the other thing with Chase Edmonds is number one, he's averaging over six yards per carry this year, but look yeah. at how he was, look, look at how he was utilized last week after, after, or not last week, cause they had the bye week, but so two weeks ago, last yeah. time the Cardinals play, they were going up against the Seahawks and Edmonds got seven targets targeted seven times, holding all of them, seven catches, 87 yards. That's such a high floor for DraftKings and for PPR. Viable on FanDuel also. Uh, I would lean a little bit towards Edmonds as a stronger play on DraftKings than FanDuel for the PPR bonus. But like you said, so involved in the passing game, even with Drake there, I mean, over three or more targets or six or more targets in three of the last four games. And now he's going to be playing all the snaps. Like you said, I mean, this is a spot where I would be surprised if, if he doesn't get eight to 10 targets in this game. So I think that Chase Edmonds definitely in that mid range. Great play was going a little bit overlooked. Uh, let's see who who else here. Uh, any takes on Derrick Henry at seventy nine hundred? Tough matchup going up against the Bears. But when you look at some of the ownership going to somebody like Dalvin Cook, I did mention Christian McCaffrey. I think is a better pivot. But does Derrick Henry for also about a third of the ownership? Does he make for an okay pivot in a tougher matchup against the Bears off of Dalvin Cook? I mean, it's a pretty. It's a pretty interesting stack you can make with like, you know, Allen Robinson and Derek Henry coming back in the same lineup. Um, you're basically saying, you know, Henry's going to run through the, the Bears defense, obviously, and Robinson's just going to kill that secondary. And, and I, I like the spot for Robinson, as I already mentioned. I, I do think that's got potential, but I don't know. These are still two kind of slower paced teams. Um, I, I just don't know if there's going to be enough there for to make it viable. So I might like have single shares of both guys or just single shares of Allen Robinson. I don't know if I necessarily want to fade both cook and McCaffrey to get to Derrick Henry, maybe make some kind of cheap, cheap QB stack and, and get Derrick Henry in there. I, I don't really mind Derrick Henry as a pivot off of Delvin cook. Um, I, I don't, but again, you're also fading Christian McCaffrey in that spot. So I think that McCaffrey is the better pivot as well. Um, that's probably just going to lead me to having underweight shares of Derrick Henry. It's probably not going to be that popular anyways. So it's it's always feels a little risky, you know, leaving uh, the king of the north out there. But I, I think Chicago probably limits him to like at at best like a good or at worst, I guess, if you're fading him, like a, a good day, like a 25 point day. That's just what the the situation feels like. I just feel like that game might be too slow to really 
jack it up for fantasy purposes. So here's a situation I'm really struggling with, and it is the Miami Dolphins and their running back situation. Because no. when Gaskins first got hurt, I was like, all right, it's going to be a Breida week because Breida's Breida, yeah. been playing. I mean, Gaskins has actually played, I think, more snaps at running back than it might be than any other player at the position over no, the last three weeks. No. And and then it's Breida was the only guy who's playing any snaps. So just like I guess Breida just plays that role now where he's going to be the guy. And then out of nowhere, Breida gets hurt during the week. So now, now we're down to... Jordan Howard, maybe, uh, maybe Bowden gets touches. I don't know. I feel like there's value there. I, I just don't have enough confidence in which guy it's going to be to get the touches to actually want to roster any of them. I definitely don't want to roster Jordan Howard in this spot. Cause I think, I think they're probably going to lose. And I, it's not that we're going to see Jordan Howard in the pass catching role with them playing from behind. So maybe it's just a timeshare, but is there one guy who really think is able to stand out and produce a ton of value? I don't know, man. It, it, it probably, I think if there is, it's probably like layered in some kind of dump off role. Uh, I, I don't like it is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC spot though at all for and this just more leads to me thinking like chase Edmonds is going to get like 30 touches because he's going to be running the ball late in this game because i don't know how miami with Tua like are going to be able to run the ball jordan howard is dust um well, i mean he's not dust but he, he's not that good and like the arizona defense is also kind of underrated at this point i think you know buda bake is playing really good um when he's not getting chased down by dk metcalf but um I think if I was going to play someone from Miami, it would probably be like in the passing game because I think they're going to be passing late. And I just don't really know how this running back situation is going to play out. So um, I guess you could go Laird if maybe we get some news or something that like he's going to be the, the guy or, but uh, I, I think this is just a situation to avoid with two QB and uh, going up against an underrated defense. Like um, I just, uh, I, I just want to play Chase Edmonds and I kind of want to play the Arizona defense with him, And I think that's how you attack this game. All right, so the one other situation we have to talk on is that Josh Jacobs, questionable play, probably the most significant fantasy player we have right now, questionable to play. Uh, like we said, it's, it's weird that Zeke is questionable, and it's it's kind of like, does Zeke even matter as a fantasy option anymore? Because the, the Cowboys offense has been terrible, and he doesn't score fantasy points. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how much that he matters individually being on the injury report, but Josh Jacobs questionable to play i think if he's in at 6300 he's a viable play against the against the chargers if he's out what do you think happens with the raiders backfield <laughs> yeah that is something i definitely you know will be looking into but Devonte booker has been kind of trusted by john gruden a little bit um we actually saw him take some late snap like late game carries in a couple situations even uh which is weird i mean i, I think it just was like more of a workload thing where um you know uh he, 
maybe Jacobs was just off the field, but it does speak to what John Gruden thinks of Dante Booker. I mean, I think he's, he's kind of clearly the number two Jalen Richard has had some, some uh, fumbling issues in the past as well. So I think that, uh, you know, if, if, if Jacob sits, I think he can make a pretty easy pivot to, to Booker there. Um, it's not like the greatest pivot because I don't think Booker is that good, but like if he's going to get 20 plus touches, I mean, against the chargers in a late swap situation where he might only be like 4% owned. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll take a share of that. And I think that also, I think this situation is interesting on, on a lot of aspects. Like I, I'm not the only one who likes the chargers Raiders this week, but with, with Jacob's questionable, um, his ownership will go down, which is great. Like I actually like, this is a, this is a really good situation. Um, in my opinion, if you want to stack this Raiders chargers game, it's going to lead more people off to just using Jacobs as just like a one-off play where it's like, Oh, I I've got to fit Josh Jacobs. And now it's like, well, you know, there's value here. I don't know. I don't need to worry about this question. Well, let's just write him off. You can put him in there. He's going to get lower ownership. So if he does play, you'll get a lower owned Josh, Josh Jacobs. And if he doesn't play, you can switch to a really low owned Devonte Booker. So, um, I'm looking at this as a positive, quite frankly, it's an illness. They didn't, I haven't looked into what kind of illness or what it is, if it's going to affect his play, but uh, I assume that you know, he's back on practice on Friday. He's got a day to rest. Now he's going to be okay. It's a good situation. Um, Nick, uh, Joey Bosa's out for, for the chargers. The rush defense isn't really that good. They've allowed a couple hundred yard rushers the last couple games. It looks like they're falling apart and we know they can't protect leads anyways. Um, I think he's a good comeback play. I, I, I do kind of prefer going with like one of the cheap Vegas receivers, but like um, as a comeback player, you're using, doing a Herbert stack, but those guys are also really hard to pin down as to who you should be targeting. So they're a lot more risky. If Jacobs plays, he's going to get 20 plus touches and that's, that's much safer to put in your lineup. I love when guys are questionable heading into yeah. lock the play, right? yeah. my, my, my highest owned player last week ended up being DJ Dallas. And it was just, I set on my lineups in a way where it was like, I, I want to be able to late swap onto this guy. It's going to be, it's going to be a player who, if Chris Carson was ruled out at midnight last Saturday, DJ Dallas would have been like 30% owned or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And then because, because the news came out late and just people don't like to use late swap, DJ Dallas ended up being like one, 2% owned. We talked about him at, on the at show most, week, right? That was with you. I talked yeah, we talked we, we talked about him a little bit, and then uh, I talked about him on live before lock too, where I just said like th- the yeah. biggest advantage there is in terms of finding low ownership in in NFL DFS right now is late swap. People do not want to do it after the lineups are already locked in, and that is that is the one thing to utilize that people just aren't doing now. And then I mean I don't want to talk too much about the strategy because we're up against the time block a little bit, but then also I like to use late swap where if I have some lineups that are sitting dead. I'll swap out some of the chalkier players because now I have, I give myself a better chance to capture some min caches that I wouldn't have had anyway. So, I mean, late swap is something that is not utilized nearly enough by the field. And uh, that's, that's something for sure that, that this situation with Booker and, and, and the the Raiders backfield could definitely see something similar to what happened with DJ Dallas and the Seahawks last week. Yeah, absolutely, man. DJ Dallas saved my week last week too. I mean, uh, having him at 2% owned, those those Russell Wilson stacks, I left him in. I can't remember who I was going to switch to, but I had someone lined up and it was it just ended up working out perfectly. So I think you're going to get, um, you know, you're not going to get a 2% owned Josh Jacobs, but like I said, the ownership will come down 100%. And this is good. Um, just just have a, a, a plan lined up. If Jacobs goes out, either commit to Devontae Booker or find someone else. Or maybe there'll be news dropped, right? So make sure you got a couple different options uh, that you can switch to with Jacobs. But yeah, I absolutely love this. Uh, like I said, I, I, at first you're like, oh man, you know, you want to play Josh Jacobs, now it's questionable. But then it's like, you start to look at the situation. Like, this this is going to work out real good. So 
All right, let's pivot over to the wide receivers. Um, and one thing that's pretty interesting here, I assume that DK Metcalf was going to be really popular this week because <laughs> we've had this situation with the Seahawks wide receivers where it's like, DK Metcalf has a big game. Tyler Lockett is a big game. The field just plays whoever had the big game last weekend. Whoever the field plays is just kind of whatever. And then the guy who's lower under the two crushes. So after DK Metcalf went off last week and scored, uh, what was it? Uh, a million fantasy points. He had what was it, 12 catches for 160 yards, a pair of touchdowns, looked totally unstoppable. I just assume that, hey, DK Metcalf is going to be chalk at the wide receiver position. As of now, no, it's Tyler Lockett who's coming in really popular again and DK Metcalf going overlooked. If this is the case going into Sunday, no doubt to me, I prefer DK Metcalf to Tyler Lockett. It's been such a difficult situation to figure out. There's a huge negative correlation between Lockett and Metcalf. Give me whichever of the two are lower owned. And it's a little bit of coincidence, but it's funny that it generally seems to be whichever of the two is less ownership has a bigger fantasy game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I was the same way. I'm like, really? Are we, are we doing this again? People are just going to fade DK Metcalf. And and I guess people are just like playing the, the whack-a-mole with these guys, man. Like, it's like, okay, you know, I got the one, I got to the next one. Um, it's, uh, I, I agree. Like, just play the lower-owned one. Just play the lower-owned guy in GPPs. It's, it's pretty much that simple. Uh, it'll work out for you in the long run because the leverage you're getting on the field, right? So, um it, you can look at, you know, we could sit here and look at matchups and I could tell you like Lockett probably has a better matchup just from like a cornerback perspective, but guess what? Like Lockett had a better matchup last week too. Um, and it didn't matter. I, I don't think matchups really matter with a guy like DJ, DK Metcalf anymore. I, I just don't think they do. Uh, I know you were talking on Twitter how, you know, you think he's going to be, I, I've got, I've said him a couple times already this year. This is like the best wide receiver in the game waiting to happen uh, next year. This time we will probably be talking about him like that. So I don't really care about matchups anymore with DK Metcalf. Um, you know, the, the bills have been a, a defense too. I know they still have Tredavious white back there, but like they haven't, they haven't really been good on defense all year. So uh, I don't think this is uh, a spot you should shy away from. I do think the matchup, if you're looking at it, you know, just from a pure personnel standpoint, sure. It favors Lockett a little bit, but um, you know, they, they also allowed like Jacoby Myers to go, uh, catch a few passes last week. I, I just don't think it matters. I just, I just think you keep playing the lower own dude here. And um, that's going to be DK Metcalf this week. You know, it's really funny because I was talking about DK Metcalf because I think there's a case we made that he is the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. And it seems like he gets better every week. And once the ball's in his hands, he's just so unstoppable. And, and remember there was all that talk about him at the combine where it was like, Oh, he's got stiff hips or something he can't move he can't move vertically he could only, he can only he can one, move run one route greg that's that's what and, i got and, and you know what it doesn't matter if you could only one one route because you know it doesn't matter if you can't go side to side if you could run through or past everybody which is basically what he does he gets the ball in his hands he's the fastest guy on the field he's the strongest guy on the field he's the biggest guy on the field so people don't tackle him there was a play there was that play against the 49ers where somebody tried to hit him over the middle yeah. and the cornerback just knocked himself out by running into yeah, DK dude, Metcalf. He's, like he's ridiculous. He ran into a brick wall. It legitimately. Exactly. Like I mean, and he did. He's so scary. anyway, long story short, I like DK Metcalf more than Tyler Lockett for, for about a third of the ownership. And that's generally how I'm going to skew all year. I think that yeah. more often than not DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett individually are both strong plays both have immense upside every week, especially with the way the Seahawks are attacking defenses through the air this year, like we haven't seen in previous years. But there's just so much negative correlation, and it seems like there isn't very often that Lockett and Metcalf both go off. And it seems like whichever one of them starts the game really well, Russell Wilson just kind of locks onto them for the rest of the game. 
And because of the way it breaks out, give me the lower own guy. That is DK Metcalf this week. Uh, one guy that I think is a pretty interesting value play potentially is Marvin Jones. Now, the caveat here is that we don't know what's going on with Matthew Stafford. Earlier in the week, it looked like he was not going to play after testing positive for COVID. But a recent Adam Chef tweet implies that now there's a pretty decent chance that he plays. Probably even more likely that plays than sits, even if it's up in the air. Kenny Galladay is injured, so that means that Marvin Jones is going to probably be the guy in the in the Lions offense. And with Marvin Jones, I mean, you have a guy who ridiculous boom bust potential. Like Marvin Jones seems every year he scores like eighty percent of his touchdowns in two weeks of the season. Yep. Uh, he did have a couple of them last week, but that doesn't mean that he ran out of touchdowns like he used to say. It doesn't mean because he scored last week he can't he can't score again this week yep. without Kenny Galladay there. As long as Matt Stafford plays. Marvin Jones is probably going to be one of my favorite wide receivers on the slate. Favorable matchup against the Vikings. Not all that expensive on either DraftKings or FanDuel. How do you see Marvin Jones? Yeah, absolutely. So there are two plays um, I, I really like at that. Well, then actually, yeah, basically two. I was going to throw Darius Slayton out there, but I, I just don't know if I can trust Darius Slayton against the Redskins. Redskins still haven't allowed 100 Oh, Washington, Washington. Oh, <laughs> it's like the first time I did it this year. The Washington football team, uh, 50, but uh, they haven't allowed a hundred yard receiver. Washington hasn't this year. So, um, but yeah, Marvin Jones, uh, definitely. I, I, I like it. You know, Minnesota secondaries, it's just so bad, quite frankly. So uh, Marvin Jones. Yeah. I, I think that uh, he, he's got, so, he's still got some makeup to do. Like this, this guy didn't score any touchdowns for like seven weeks. He's traditionally been with Matt Stafford, a really good touchdown producer. So um, I, I think playing, you know, playing that, that number one role, you, you, can't, you almost like him more as a number two, but at the same time, it's Minnesota, so I'm not going to scare away from it. They don't have any dominant corners there. I, I, I like Mike Williams better, though. Uh, I, I really do. Uh, Mike Williams coming in, averaging like 20 yards per reception over his last three games. Um, I know he had that one bust game um, you know, with Herbert. Uh, I can't remember who it was against, but um, uh, two of his last three games with Justin Herbert have been fantastic i mean um you know five for five for 109 versus new orleans he busted against jacks which was a little surprising just considering that they were actually down in that game but again um you know came back last week uh and and put on a five for 99 and a touchdown i think if mike williams hits the bonus last week he's probably more like 5700 or something um but you know again i I mentioned the height advantage he's going to have over these these vegas corners I think is a spot where, you know, no pass rush for Justin Herbert. He's going to be chucking the ball downfield. So I actually slightly prefer a lower on Mike Williams. I think both these guys have very similar upsides though. And uh, realistically, you might even think about playing them both if you want to fit in like McCaffrey and Cook or something. Yeah, I think that wide receiver is an interesting position because there's a lot of guys in that 5 to 6K range that I think are solid plays this week. And, and like I said, I do like paying up for some of those running backs, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook. So I'm probably going to skew a little bit cheaper for wide receivers. Um, One other guy that I think is interesting here to talk about, the the Chiefs are always kind of hard to figure out what they're going to do. It looks like there's a decent chance that Sammy Watkins sits this week, questionable, limited practice this week. If he's out, what do you make of Nicole Hardman and and Demarcus Robinson? Both of them have upside. It's just there are some games where Hardman just disappears, and there's other games where Hardman plays where it's like, oh, he's the second coming of Tyree Kill. And I find him very difficult to predict, but at really low ownership, are you willing to take some stabs on him in tournaments? Yeah, I think so. Um, I know I mentioned Slade in there, but again, I, I think I prefer Hardman. I, I just think I prefer the spot. You got Patrick Mahomes, um, probably no, obviously Patrick Mahomes, better quarterback than Daniel Jones, but no, um, 
No, Sammy Watkins is a big thing. And I know Demarcus Robinson kind of came alive uh, last week, but I feel like Hardman is is more likely the the guy not to get like the main coverage as well. I mean, obviously they're they're going to be concerned about Tyree Kill. Um, Demarcus Robinson is kind of like the mainstay on on the outside. But I think in this spot against uh, again another team that just doesn't have a good pass rush. I mean, I, I think this is a spot where the Chiefs could just come in and, and move Miko Hardman around and and really just attack him uh, like a, a thin secondary. So I like it. I I, I do. Um, I, you're right. It's so hard to pin down and it's going to be like this, I think for most of his career, but you got to start respecting the fact that he's, he's been on the field more. Um, you know, he's finally put together like a high target game. I mean, it's the first time I think he's ever seen over eight targets in a game uh, against the jets last week. And he's kind of got a similar opponent this week. So I think the situation sets up again for, for a Michael Hardman type of game, I think 4,800 um, you know, you're talking about him with guys like Henry Ruggs who really doesn't see, you know, it's, Henry Ruggs feels like he's kind of like Miko Hardman, but a year behind. So why not just play Miko Hardman with Watkins out with a better quarterback right now and in a good situation? Uh, I kind of like Tim Patrick there too, but I, again, I'm just not really sure about the upside. The, the pure upside, I think uh, guys like Hardman, Mike Williams, um, and, and Marvin Jones, I think they all have closer to that 30-point upside than, than a guy like Tim Patrick. So probably out on Patrick. Definitely like um, Hardman as, as like a, if you need to, to go cheaper than, than 5K. And um, I think I slightly prefer him over uh, Ruggs. I will say this. This was the, this was the dude, the same price as Hardman. Uh, if you're looking to stack that Chargers game, I think Nelson Aguilar is interesting. Um, I know Brian Edwards is back, but I don't think they're just going to throw Brian Edwards into like an every down roll. I think Aguilar, Aguilar was leading the, 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 the Raiders in snaps. Um, you know, we have a game that's projected for big point totals. I know everyone's going to play Josh Jacobs or be looking to make that their main play, but Hardman uh, two games ago went absolutely nuts. Um, I think this is a, a player who's more versatile than a rugs, uh, more likely to see like nine targets like he did two games ago against Tampa. And uh, it's a risky play. Absolutely. But again, you're, you're making game stacks there. I think that's the play I would use maybe either with Josh Jacobs or instead of Josh Jacobs, if you're looking on that Raiders side. All right, we have some great new tools on awesomeo.com for the NFL Express Pass users. For only $3.95, you could purchase an NFL Weekly Express Pass, which now includes everything you need for NFL Showdown single-game contest formats. You can get access to Awesomeo uh, Showdown single-game player projections, ownership projections, and top plays tool. When you purchase this pass, in addition to player rankings, lineup builder tool, ownership rankings, and the top stacks express tool it's their best offering for an expels express pass so head on over to awesome.com slash join and you could purchase your pass for only three dollars and 95 cents so that's a pretty cheap price to try that out uh 10 minutes left before we wrap jeff so let's hit to the tight ends now uh we've got noah font surprisingly projecting for a whole bunch of ownership and I think this is a funny place to start because just a week ago, you had a conspiracy theory. You thought Drew Locke was trying to get Noah Fon killed out there. He was, he was going he was going to his guy, Albert O, instead, who, who by the way, actually did catch a ball in the end zone that ended up getting uh, overturned yeah. on a challenge. And th- there was a moment there where I saw him come up on red zone, catch a ball in the end zone. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be crazy for Jeff. And then, and then it got overturned. So now that you he see Noah Fon. He still had a touchdown. Yeah. He almost said two, though. I know, no, I know that would have been nuts. <laughs> two, uh, two cheap tight ends with two touchdowns in two weeks—that would have been crazy. <laughs> so now Noah Font, the highest projected own tight end on the slate. Your enemy, your enemy at the tight end position. What, what are you, what are you doing here? 
Yeah, I can't. I mean, <laughs> it is it is kind of strange to see his ownership go up uh, this week. But again, it, it does make sense too. I mean, going up against Atlanta, the most fantasy points per game to the tight end position. And uh, as much as I want to make Albert O a thing, I mean, Fant is obviously the one getting the consistent targets and and snap count now. So. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I'm not I'm not eating the chalk here. Like I, I'm just not going to do that at tight end. I don't think we've ever seen the massive chalk really pay off. Maybe Darren Waller in one spot or something. But uh, I, I think there's there's other places you can go. Um, it's not like super. It's it's again we have a it's another ugly slate for for tight ends. Quite frankly, Travis Kelsey up to 7200 in a game where you know you you could just see like a you know, Patrick Holmes only throw it 25 times or something. Um, you got like what Hawkinson's up to 5,100 who uh, we still waiting on the news from Stafford. Um, I I just, I I don't really know where else you go. That's the problem. I think Hayden Hurst is interesting. I know I wrote him up on, on awesome. Obviously the opposite side of that game. Um, he's gotten seven plus seven targets in each of his last two games. Um, but you know, Darren Waller being around the same ownership as, as Noah Font is, is interesting as well. But there, there's no one really like that I want to sit here and be like, well, you got to pay up for this guy or, or this guy. I just think uh, I think it's another slight, Greg, where you go as cheap as possible. And uh, I'm going to throw out Will Disley as my cheap play this week. So I like Hunter Henry. So okay. I, I think I think with with Henry, number one, first of all, in full disclosure, I've rostered Hunter Henry a lot this year and hasn't gone well. Um, but but with that said, if you roster any tight end a lot this year, it probably hasn't gone well because most tight ends have kind of sucked. It's been a really difficult position to fill. But here's what I like about Hunter Henry. He's cheap on FanDuel and DraftKings. It's a favorable matchup against the Raiders. And he's getting targets. He's at least seven targets in yes. five of seven games this season. Yep. And now we look at Justin Herbert, who it kind of seems like he's getting better every week we see him play. If Justin Herbert's going to be one of the most popular quarterbacks on the slate, but it seems like everybody's stacking him with Keenan Allen, which which makes sense. That's that's fine. But I think that Hunter Henry is a nice little pivot play off of Keenan Allen. You can even double stack Hunter Henry with, with Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen because the target share is there for Henry. He's just not really scoring touchdowns yet. Only one touchdown so far this year. And a, a lot of the depth of his targets have not really been downfield. They've been a lot of shorter targets and Unfortunately, he's not bringing a lot of those in either. There's a lot of games where it's like eight targets for three catches for Hunter Henry. But still, I look at all the all the volume he's getting in the passing game, his price tag, the matchup, and that we both like Justin Herbert, who's also going to be a pretty popular play this week. And I, I just think that the, the Hunter Henry play makes sense. He, he's a guy who I think started the season priced $1,000 or so more expensive than what he is right now uh, at 5,300 in week one. And now he's down almost below 4,000. So I, I think this is as low as Hunter Henry's price gets for the year. I think this is a really good buy low for him. Yeah. I am. I am almost at the point where I just don't even want to think about Hunter Henry anymore. Cause I think this is like the third of, well, maybe like the fourth week in a row where I've been like, yeah, it does make sense to play him, but like it really doesn't look that good out there. I think that that's the thing that worries me the most. Like, is he, is he healthy? Is he just not that good or, or something? So um, to me, it, I don't know. I mean, it, it does make a lot of sense, especially as a pivot. Um, he, he's going to be low around again. And, and like, he's got to get in the end zone again here at some point. So especially with the way Herbert's playing. So I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to entertain that for sure. Um, I'm not going to write him off completely, but um, I, I think Trey Burton is a little bit interesting. T.Y. Hilton's doubtful to play. I think that'll bump Trey Burton's, uh, um, owner um, target share up a little bit. The Ravens have, have, haven't been like super, super dominating against tight ends either. They've allowed a decent number of receptions. So I think Trey Burton at 3,500, I know I wrote him up, I think on my 
article for DK this week. Um, I, I think at 3,500, he's viable. But uh, again, I, I do come back to Will Disley, man. I mean, again, I'm not saying Will Disley is going to step in here, guys, and, and score like 25 points. But again, he's 2,700. Um, Buffalo, Matt Milano's out again. Uh, Buffalo has, has just been terrible. Their linebackers are absolutely terrible at covering the tight end position. They, they, this is this is very much like a, a, an Arizona from last year situation where you just plug in whoever is playing against um, uh, playing against uh, Buffalo at this point. I, I really do think it's it's kind of come down to that type of situation. And uh, Disley played more snaps than Greg Olson last week. Yeah, the targets weren't there, but again, you kind of got to look at it as. Um, it's just a matchup thing, right? I mean, okay, against San Francisco, DK Metcalf was eating. I could see Will Disley, and and let's not forget either, like Will Disley and and Russell Wilson had a real connection last year. So just seeing them pop up for like a game, for a big game, it wouldn't be that out of the ordinary. Uh, The main thing is here though, Greg, he's 2,700. Like he's 2,700. There's no one I really like or, or feel the need to just like go crazy on at 4K and above. I don't mind taking a shot here. It's very much... An Alberto uh, Bryant situation. If it works out great, if we get a touchdown, if we get nine points, it's probably really going to be great. But um, there's there's a lot of bust potential. Uh, but that's that's again that this is just who I'm looking at at under three K this week. That's that's who I'm going to plug in. Hey, and I don't think there's a low on cheap tight end play you've called this year that hasn't scored a touchdown. Some of them even two touchdowns. <laughs> so so who who am I to poo poo on Will Disley? Uh, one other player I want to bring up before we get to defenses and then our stack of the week. It seems like the Giants are making concerted effort to get more targets to Evan Ingram. Last couple of weeks, 10 targets, nine targets. Uh, facing Washington, which really difficult front seven, but if Daniel Jones is actually able to get the ball out of his hands and not turn the ball over and get back a million times, I think that there is a chance for the Giants to have some success in the passing game. And just because of the workload of Evan Ingram recently, like I said, with all those targets, we also have to consider it looks like Golden Tate is going to be benched for oh, being bad. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think that there's extra potential for Evan Ingram to just get a bunch of those little short targets over the middle. And considering his price, how difficult the tight end position is to fill when when you see a guy who's who's getting the the 10, nine targets like he's gotten the last couple of weeks. I think that's somebody who, who makes a so whole lot of sense. Put you on the spot then. Hayden Hurst or Evan Ingram? Who are you playing? Evan Ingram. OK, good. Now I don't have to play. Uh, now I don't have to play um, <laughs> Henry. That's good. <laughs> All right. So the defenses, uh, just the, just the normal poo-poo platter defense. Although you, you did call out the, the Miami dolphins last week who ended up breaking the slate. So true. give yeah. me, uh, g- give me, give me your favorite defense of the week. I don't really have any, any strong lean at this point in time. We only have a few minutes left. Oh, I mean, I'm, 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 tur- I'm turning the turntable, so to speak. I'm going, I'm going against Miami. I'm going to go with the Cardinals, man. Um, again, I think this is an underrated defense. Um, you know, they're, they're getting back to full health. Uh, they've even started to get a little bit of pressure on the QB. Uh, now we get Miami here with like no running backs, uh, not going to be able to run the ball. And Tua, who really looked nervous in the pocket last week in his first road game, I think it's a great spot. Um, I, I'm not sure I'll bring the ownerships up here, actually. I just let me get it set. But I don't think they're they're projecting for any huge ownership. Oh, they're fourth, fourth highest projection, so they could get up a little bit. But, um, you know, people want to play Atlanta why you want to play the Atlanta defense. Um, <laughs> I think if I was going to go cheap, I would probably rather go to Minnesota. Um, you know, no Kenny Galladay there for, for Detroit. I know Stafford's probably going to play, but Minnesota at home uh, coming off a big win. I don't mind that. Uh, otherwise though, uh, I, I like paying up for the Cardinals. 
I definitely don't mind the Giants call uh, Giants uh, or no, you're talking about Ingram with the Giants, but I don't mind the Giants as a defense. I think they're playing really good football going up against Kyle. Well, I wouldn't say really good football. They're playing good on the defensive side um, going up against Kyle Allen. I don't hate that spot either. And again, you also Um, get leverage if you play the Giants defense because everyone's playing Washington this week. uh, So the one thing I'll mention too, with the Vikings defense before we wrap the show is uh Matt Stafford could be out if it's what like David Blau starting a quarterback then we get the Vikings at 2400 that would stand out as the as the top value play uh but as of now we're not really sure what the status is on Stafford it seems like he's probably more likely to play than sit so Jeff let's bring the show home favorite stack of the week who you got yeah it's Chargers Raiders for me um I'm gonna have some exposure to Josh Jacobs in the late slot uh swap him out to Devontae Booker if he sits or someone else and uh, I'll probably have yeah, I mentioned Mike Williams and Justin Herbert. That'll be the kind of the main I build around. I might throw in uh, Hunter Henry in one, but uh, also have a little piece of Nelson Aguilar. But it's all all in Chargers Raiders for me. Yeah, give me once again Russell Wilson to DK Metcalf. Uh, maybe it seems like I'm going too chalk here, except not really because DK Metcalf's only projecting for five ish percent ownership right now. It looks like everybody's going to Tyler Lockett, and if that's the case, then once again. Give me DK Metcalf over Tyler Lockett. I think that he once again goes off. And we're only a year away from DK Metcalf to be considered by the masses as the unanimous best wide receiver in the NFL. You could mark that down. Uh, So that's going to end the show, guys. But we have some other good things coming up on our YouTube channel. The NASCAR Strategy Show is up next. And we've got On the Contrary later. That's with uh, Lofi and Alex Baker. And I think we have Chris Spaggs as a guest this week. And then, of course, later in the day, we have MMA Live Before Lock. So hopefully that you guys have a great NFL week. And... May all your contrarian plays hit this week. Maybe you'll be the one who hits the cheap tight end like Jeff, who scores two touchdowns. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.